Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Good morning again. If I have never met you before, my name is Aaron Ashton, and uh, I am actually the worship pastor here at this fantastic church we call Encounter Church. Um, But if I haven't had a chance to meet you, I would love to. So after service, um, please stick around so that I would be able to get a chance to get your name and just to get to know you a little bit. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited about this series that we are currently in entitled The Road. Uh, It's been an incredible journey, I think, so far. Just uh, you know, seeking out the book of Romans and seeing what, what God has um, for the path of a Christian. So, uh, so far we've talked about what went wrong in our world. So we talked about the problem of sin in our lives. Obviously, we all deal with sin. We all struggle with that. That's why our world is so messed up. Um, but it's something that we all deal with, you know, something that we face. But then we also talked about how faith makes that right. So when we have faith in God, when we have faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago and, and faith in who God is and, and what the Bible teaches, you know, that is what overcomes the sins that we struggle with from time to time. Uh, so then also last week, Heather preached about the trouble that we have with sin. So there's a constant battle that's inside of us. There's a constant war tugging us to the side of sin and the the, the enemy is tugging us away from what God has for us while God is, is pulling us closer to him. So there's a constant struggle, but, but we know that we can stand firm in Jesus and believe in what he has for us. And when we go to Jesus, he is the only way to overcome the sins that we're struggling with. So, so far it's been a great series. Uh, we have several more weeks to go, but I'm excited just to carry on with what God has in store for us uh, in this incredible book of Romans. I think it's uh, such a beautiful um, example of, of just our faith. It's, it's just very practical, um, very blunt at times, which I love. So um, I just want to pray real quick just for myself because I feel like, why not? <laughs> so I feel, like, I feel like that's a good thing to do today. So if you would just, uh, if you feel comfortable, why don't you just extend your hand toward me just to give me a little bit extra blessing here this morning. Um, but God, I thank you for what you're going to speak through me today, Father. I pray that everything that I say would be your words and your words alone. God, I pray that you would just help me to be used by you, Father, that you would speak into the hearts of, of myself and those who are going, those who are listening here this morning, and, and even those who will be listening in, in the future on the podcast and things like that. I pray that you would just speak through me, your words, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get right in. So, throughout my my high school life, uh, I've always really been an athlete. Even since I was a little kid, anything that involved like a ball or or like a puck, whatever it may be, if there was an instrument that was used in a sport, I was all about that. So it didn't really matter what the sport was. Uh, I could even have like a stick. Like if I had a stick, I could just walk around and play with it for hours, and I would be good. So I was a pretty easy kid to entertain. Um, but as I grew older, I decided I wanted to get more involved with some sports and just organized uh, things like that. So, you know, I played soccer as a kid, like the the, the kind where the ball's in the middle of the field and there's just like this little cluster of kids running around with the ball, you know, <laughs> and the ball's just running around. Um, it's it's not really soccer. I don't know what you could call that. but And then I also played a little bit of baseball. wasn't too great at that. I was no Andrew McCutcheon, so I stopped doing that. Although I did play for the Pirates, and we did win the World Series of our tiny little league, but I didn't really have a whole lot to do with it. Um, And then in high school, I started playing basketball. That was kind of my sport. So 
I was like the best of the best. I was the greatest basketball player who has ever lived. You know, I was a better shooter than Kobe. I hit more buzzer beaters than he did. I could cross up Steph Curry. I could probably steal the ball from MJ, you know, and and I I could probably block Shaquille O'Neal, you know. These are all the things that I could do whenever I was a a basketball player, um, according to what my mom told me. So I just, you know, I just believed that. (laughs) So... Apparently, I'm the best basketball player that's ever existed, so I don't know why I didn't pick up that career. But, so, there was this one time, though, in my basketball career that was, it wasn't really a high point for me. Um, see, the team that I played on, we were we were a good team. There was just this one other team in our league that we would always, you know, battle with. We would win a game here, they would win the next game, you know, it was always back and forth. And we ended up playing this team in the championship one year, and... The outcome was a little bit less than what I would have hoped for. See, we were we were playing throughout the game. We were up most of it just by a few points here and there. It just kept going back and forth. But by the time the game was over, when the clock hit zero, unfortunately, the other team had just a couple more points than we did, and we lost in the championship, which is a terrible, terrible, bitter feeling. And I have this picture that I decided to share with you um, where – this this is like my attitude. So this picture it cracks me up because I actually found this last night. But there's all my friends like all excited because you're at the championship, right? And then there's just me, and I'm just like. <laughs> so I think that's so funny because I was I was so miserable. I was angry. And if you, if you know me even a little bit, you know that it takes a whole lot for me to get upset. Like I'm I'm a very happy, uh, joyful individual. But this moment right here was <laughs> it was one of my low moments. And I was I was really upset. Actually, we ended up having a birthday party for me, like, directly after this. So I had to go back to my house and entertain, like, 50 of my friends at my house. And I was not looking forward to that. But it took me a few weeks to get over that one. But, you know, I'm I'm good now. It's all good. I can look back and laugh on it. So, yeah, that was, that was like, a low point in my basketball career. Um, in the future, well, we won't get into that because I'll start bragging on myself or something. But anyway, so that's that's kind of how I felt in that moment was was really, you know, I was frustrated. I, I was hurt because, you know, we just we didn't make it happen that all that time, all that practice that we had months and months before, like it was for nothing in my mind because we lost. You know, that's what you shoot for. That's what you fight for. And it didn't happen. So I was pretty frustrated. And and as I look back at that, uh, I was thinking, you know, that's a that's a lot of times what happens in, in my life. It's a lot of times what happens in our lives, you know, and situations that actually matter, right? Um, because throughout life, as we've talked about the past few weeks, there are always things that are getting in our way. There are always things that are causing us to fight um, through. And and what I wanted to talk to with you guys about today is is the Spirit that's within us, the Holy Spirit that, that the Bible teaches that is within us. So when we become believers, the Holy Spirit, it says that it resides inside of our hearts. And, and that Spirit, it helps you fight through things like this. It gives you the confidence to stand firm against the things that are coming up against you, the, the moments where you're really frustrated, where you're really depressed, where you're upset. The Spirit of God gives us the power to overcome those things. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And And I think that a lot of times... I'm not sure if you guys struggle with the same things that I do, but but I like to just kind of throw myself out there, be very open with you guys, because I feel like it's it's easy for me to do that, and, and, and I hope that you connect with that. Um, but a lot of times whenever you feel that way, whenever I feel like I've failed in certain moments, whenever I feel like I, 
I succumbed to a temptation or, or I failed something that, that God had called me to do. I feel, you know, I feel frustrated. I feel broken. But, but one thing that I, that I often struggle with is the idea that I can't go to God for that. You know, it's something where, you know, the Bible teaches us that God, he, he is there with us. He is there for us. But for some reason, it's hard for me to really grasp that concept that, that I can just go to God as I am. I can just go to him and say, God, I messed up. I'm not good enough for you, but I know that you still love me. And it's hard for me to to just do that instead of being like, all right, so I messed up. So in like two weeks, whenever I deal with this addiction, then I'll go to God. Or or whenever I'm I'm done like lying about this thing, like I'll go to God when I'm finished dealing with myself. But the truth is that that's a that's a lie that the enemy a lot of times throws at me, and I think he throws at a lot of people because we don't have to have the responsibility to get ourselves right before we go to God. He says that just as you are, you need to come to me. So just as we are this morning, we need to realize that God is there unconditionally loving us and that we can go to him at any moment at any time. So uh, we're going to dive into scripture a little bit here. Um, There's a pretty good chunk here that we'll be reading because you know, we're studying this, the, the whole book of Romans. So I just want to document this moment real quick. Does anybody know what this is? This is a Bible with actual physical pages here. And I'm just throwing it out there. I'm a millennial that is using a Bible to preach a message. <laughs> I think that's crazy, but but we're going to do it. So um, I'm going to be reading this. This version is Holman Christian Standard Bible, so HBSC. So if you have a tablet or a smartphone, you can look up that version on there um, just so you can follow along with me. And uh, just a shout out to Scott Sober. I don't know if you guys know him, but he's the one who exposed me to this great translation. So Scott, if you're listening, proud of you, man. But anyway, here we go. So we're going to start in Romans chapter 8. And we're just going to go from the very beginning. So Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, it says this. It says, Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus, because the Spirit's law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. So what law could not do, since it was limited by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own Son in flesh, like ours, under sin's domain as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be accomplished in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So, number one, the thing that I love about that is that it starts out, no condemnation exists for those in Christ. I think that's just a really important thing to just get out there right away, because I love that God is not a condemning God. Like I just mentioned, we feel like a lot of times we have to fix ourselves before we go to him. But no, it says that God doesn't condemn us. He loves us so much that, that he doesn't really um, look at that. He looks at He looks at our heart. He looks at the fact that we want to get better and to pursue him. So God, he doesn't ever condemn us. So I just want to let you know that today, that he will never, ever condemn you. Um, so in verse 5, it says, For those whose lives are according to the flesh, think about the things of the flesh, but those whose lives are according to the Spirit about things of the spirit for the mindset of the flesh is death but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace for the mindset of the flesh is hostile to god because it does not submit to god's laws for it is unable to do so so i thought that 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 last sentence right there for it is unable to do so it's talking about the will that we have in our our bodies so when you come to god whenever you become a christian when you believe in him 
the Spirit of God lives in you. But before that, I don't know if you remember your life before before Christ, um, but before that, it's a lot more difficult to, to be a good person. It's a lot more difficult to follow the morals that you might have because the Bible tells us that we are unable to live according to God's laws because we're human. It's just not possible. But because of what Jesus did in our lives, because of the spirit that lives in us, it makes it possible. So it reminds me of this. It's that, like whenever, whenever January rolls around, I think it's so funny because Facebook blows up with all these little like memes that people are tagging each other in and like all these different workout things that they're doing and it's funny because everyone's like all right new year new me I got all these resolutions I got a big list of things that I'm going to work on on myself and January 2nd rolls around and it's like I don't know where that list went I'm just going to forget about it (laughs) and it's funny because even myself like I deal with that I'm like oh I'm going to work out I'm going to get in shape Um, I'm going to eat better food so I don't feel like a sloth all the time and I'm not tired all the time I'm going to stop drinking Rockstar and all these things. And I I still do all those things. So it's funny because people try so hard to get themselves right. But right here, the Bible says that we really can't do it. And it reminds me of of what I I often will say is that I make a lousy Christian. If I'm just going to be straight up, I make a very lousy Christian because, because I'm just a human. But the beauty of Christianity is the reason I love God. The reason I love serving Jesus is because I don't have to be a good Christian. I don't have to be a good person for God to love me and for him to use me. Now, yes, we do need to always be striving for the best. We need to be striving toward um, to become more like Jesus. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't love us when we mess up, right? It doesn't mean that whenever we deal with temptations, whenever we struggle with things, it doesn't mean that God doesn't still love us, that he doesn't still give us the power that he promises so I do make a lousy Christian, but God makes me a perfect Christian. I love that truth because God has made us righteous because of what Jesus did on the cross. So uh, moving forward in this next portion, we're going to read in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 10. So Romans eight ten says this. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. That's amazing to me. I love that. So what this is really saying is that that we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It says that if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. That's amazing. The spirit that raised Jesus 2,000 years ago from a grave, the spirit that raised him up from, from death is the same spirit that lives in me today. It's the same spirit that lives in you today. So um, I love that truth because that's not just something that we can be excited about. That's not just something that we can get all pumped about, but that's something that actually applies to our life on a day-to-day basis because if you've ever felt frustrated, if you've ever felt like you can't get past something, you can't push past something, then then I want to tell you that you can. Because if you think, just for a moment, let me just try this. If you could just think of the lowest point of your life. I promise this won't be morbid. But if you just close your eyes, think of the lowest point of your life. The time where you felt like you were at the absolute end of your rope. You felt like giving up on everything. You felt like running away, living off the grid, something like that. But the lowest 
point of your life, if you think about that this morning. Have any of you died yet? Raise your hand. I didn't think so. Although I guess if you are dead, you can't raise your hand. But but if any of you have died yet, <laughs> that's none of us here today, right? But see, the Bible says that he overcame death. So let me just let me just make this clear. If Jesus overcame death, his own death, if Jesus had enough power to raise from the grave, then death. Don't you think he has enough power to, to take you out of that low point? Don't you think he has enough power to raise you up from, from the struggles that you face day to day? Man, I, I don't know. I struggle so much with a lot of times the enemy will just lie to me. He'll say, you know, you're not good enough. You haven't done exactly what God has told you to do, so, so you're going to fail. But I want to tell you this morning that the enemy is constantly going to be lying to you. But I know that God has the strength. He has the power inside of you to help you overcome. So whenever the enemy comes to you and he says, he says, you're not good enough. Go ahead. Like, I, I know you're dealing with this thing. So you should just go and binge watch Stranger Things for the next weekend. Or go and take all this food that you have in your pantry and just start eating it because you're depressed. Or he tells you, you know, just pop this pill real quick because it'll make you feel better in the moment. Or he says, hey, just go call this girl that you were talking to the other night and just go chill with her for the night because you'll feel better. And, and I promise it'll make you feel good. But, but Jesus has told us that no matter what we're facing, it's not about the, the, the pills that we're popping or it's not about the food that we're binge eating or it's not about the people that we're, we're having sex with because we want to feel better. It's about what Jesus has done for you on the cross 2,000 years ago. He has overcome the grave. He has overcome everything that Satan has against you. So we can stand in confidence knowing that the, the same power that lives in Jesus, the same power that raised him from the dead is the power that lives in us. So when you're dealing with things like that, I want to encourage you just to go. If you need to get away, go in your room, close your door, turn off your light, and put on some, some worship music. And just think about who God is in your life. Think about the power that he has in your life. Go to Romans 8 and read this. Remind yourself of what God has done for you. And I promise you that will change everything. I've been there before. I know. I've had I've had the temptation to just go and wallow self-pity or go like just run away and hang out with friends and just kind of distract myself, but instead I decided to just pursue him and and read his word and I know for a fact that that is what we need because he is strong enough. So in in, in chapter in verse 12 it says this that it says so then brothers we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. All those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. So, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And just to pause for a minute, it says that we are not obligated to live in the flesh. So, so often we feel like we're stuck in that 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 lifestyle that we have. We're stuck in, in just the sins and the things that we deal with from day to day. But it says that we're not obligated to live that way. So, so you are no longer tormented by the things that, that the, the sins and things that you deal with. You are no longer bound by the chains of, of addiction or the chains of, um, of awful relationships or things like that. You are no longer bound by those things because 
that is who you were. But according to God's word, that is not who you are anymore. So when it says Abba, Father, we, we can cry to God saying Abba, Father. That, that word Abba really just is an intimate um, representation of the word Father in the original language. It's just saying, you know, it's not like, like oh, thouest, holiest, most high God, I'm crying out to you. It's like, Father, like at, at your deepest, darkest times, you can just cry out to him as if he is your dad. Like you just want to run up and hug him and just cry. That's who he is to you. He is an intimate, loving father. So it says that the, in verse 16, the spirit himself testifies together with our spirit, for we are God's children. And if, if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. And in that scripture, it really reminds me of this picture. Um, it says that we are his children. We are co-heirs with Jesus. So the, that word heir, it's really referring to like an inheritance that you may get whenever, um, whenever your father passes away. I mean, obviously God our Father isn't going to pass away, so I think everything's already there for us. But if you think of it in that way, an inheritance, or, or God being your father, whenever, I, I, think, I think of this picture where it's like he's giving you a key to, to your house. So like once you hit, I don't know, 16 or so, like your, your parents, they give you a key, right? So when you get home late, you can unlock the door, you can get in your house and go to sleep. Or in my case, uh, I just had to make sure I was home by 11, and then if I wasn't, then the door was locked and I didn't have a key. So that was my punishment. <laughs> um, but anyway, so you have this key that you can get into your house with. And you have this option. If you go home, you know, there's all these things that your father has, all these things that God has in store, like in your room. He has all these blessings. He has all these promises for you that the Scripture teaches us. And you have access to it. You have the key. So it's your choice if you want to use that. You can go in and you can unlock the door and you can go in and have access to that. Or a lot of times what I feel like we do is we have this key, but we're like, all right, well, I'm just going to sit here and wait for God to let me in. But no, God has already given you that because it says right here, we are co-heirs with Christ. We are his children. So if God is your father, then it makes sense that everything that he has belongs to you too, right? So we have access to everything that God has. So we, we can use that key. We can go inside of our spiritual room, so to speak, and we can use that, and we have access to all that he has to offer for us. So uh, whenever we're struggling, whenever we're dealing with things, you just go to the Father and just cry out to him and say, God, I, you know, I'm, I'm declaring that, that I have already overcome because of what you have done on the cross. So the, the final portion that I want to read to you, a little bit long, but I just couldn't stop because there's so much good stuff here. But in, in chapter, uh, in verse 31, it says this, that it went, what then are we to say about all these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but he offered him up for us all. How will he not also grant him, I'm sorry, how will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God, and he intercedes for us. So if, do you ever not know what to pray? Do you ever have, like, no idea what you're dealing with? You don't, you don't know what to say to God. You're just like, God, I, I got nothing. I don't know. I'm just dealing with something. I don't know what to say to you. But right here it says that, that Jesus intercedes for us. So he knows what to pray. He knows what we're dealing with. 
So you can always rest assured that Jesus knows what to pray. So just ask him, God, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray to you, but I just I just ask that you would intercede for me because it's this promise right here that, that he will intercede for you. And then verse 35 says, Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? It says, As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. That little portion right there actually comes from Psalms where it's funny because David's like basically calling out God. He's like, I, I'm boldly blaming you for all the struggles in my life. I think it's funny because so many people in our culture today are blaming God for what's going on in their life, right? So many people are saying, God, this is your fault. I'm not going to come to you if this is how you are. But in reality, God sees that. And even though we blame him for things, he doesn't care because all these things are still promised to us. So I just thought that was funny that they added that right there, that reflecting on what David did whenever he was just blaming God because of all his struggles. But God, he still promises us in verse 37. He says, no, in all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. That is amazing. So the final point that I have is just that love trumps all. His love trumps everything. It trumps everything because right here it says, it pretty much covers all the things that we could think of. So whether it's angels, whether it's uh, demons or rulers of this world, whatever it is, God's love is stronger. And it says that we are more than victorious. So my big idea for you today is that that we are more than victorious because of what Jesus did. We are always going to be victorious because of him. So let me just share with you real quick what victory is, what it is in my life. As I look back on my life the past several years, I can, I can you know, stand in confidence remembering what God has already done in my life. So, so I know that victory is, is having the passion to go to a college, but having not enough money to do it. But I know that God, he gave me, the ability to go because he gave me the finances. He gave me a full tuition scholarship to go to a college. But then years later, I know the victory is being arrested and having my life completely altered, but knowing that God is with me and he is for me. And, and when people are telling me, hey, your record is always going to be tarnished. You are never going to be um, pure. You're never going to have a 100% clean record because of what you did. But I know that my God has given me a record that is 100% clean, and I can stand here before you today and tell you that I am 100% good in the eyes of man, in the eyes of God, and everybody. I feel like victory is being fired from a job because I was being stupid and I didn't go to bed on time and I would wake up late too often. But God, he redeemed me and he gave me the opportunity to have new work. He gave me the opportunity to start a business that I didn't even plan on starting. And now I have the opportunity to build that and have finances enough to support a family. I feel like like victory is is losing your only form of transportation because my car broke down, but then five minutes later after praying and being totally broken and lost and empty, he has given me a blessing of something bigger and better than what I could have even imagined. I feel like like victory is is not knowing where I'm going to live, where I'm going to stay, where I'm going to start my life and my career, but but God, he blessed me with, with the opportunity to um, to 
to sign up for a lease or to hopefully be approved, even though I had I didn't even have the right things to get approved. But God blessed us with a great landlord and, and a place to live. And even though I didn't I couldn't tell him what my proof of income was, he still believed in us and God gave us the opportunity to live where we live today. I believe <laughs> that Victory is receiving the final payments that I need to go on a trip across the world to Africa. It took like a week for me to raise $1,000 because God is, is greater than what I am. He is greater. I didn't think I could do it, but he did it because he called me to go across the world to preach to those who are unreached. He called me to, to stand against the, the strong powers of the enemy over in Africa and to, to pray for people who are sick, to pray for people who, who had blindness or deafness or, or back issues or, or couldn't walk, to pray for those who were possessed by demons, who were tormented day after day after day, who couldn't sleep night because they were being tormented with nightmares and and these hallucinations and things. But I had the power to overcome that because of what Jesus did in my life. So that is what victory is in your life. That is what it means when it says that we are more than victorious. Because when you have faith that God is strong enough, when you have faith that, that he has power in your life, These are the things that you have access to. You can overcome anything, anything that the world throws your way. Impossible situations. Like I said, I was told time after time, man, your record is always going to be tarnished. You're never going to be able to to, do this, do that. You're never going to be able to do that because of what you did, because you were being dumb. But I know that God had a bigger plan for me. And I'm almost grateful that people were saying that to me because every time I heard that, I said to myself, I said, no, I know that God has, has a bigger plan. I know that he can overcome the things that you believe. I know that he can overcome the things that this world has for me. And I just share that with you today because I know it's the same for you. It's the same for you as it is for me. All it takes is just faith. All it takes is just realizing that God is there with us. He is for us, believing what the Bible teaches us. So I ask you today, what will you do with all this? What will you do with all of these things that I've been telling you today? What will you do with what Romans 8 has taught us today? It's a great question. But number one, I feel like we can walk in his confidence. So when you're struggling with stuff, whenever things come up in your life that you didn't expect, whenever you have like a water leak or something like that in your house, you know, like there's water pouring down in the, in the hallway back here. But whenever things like that happen, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to get depressed? Are you just going to curl up and, and just talk to your friends who are going to say, oh, it's going to be okay? Or are you going to stand firm? Are you going to be bold and yell at the enemy and say, hey, I'm a child of the one true king. I have everything that God has. I have access to that because he has given it to me. And you can overcome those things. So I want to tell you, just yell at the devil. That's what I do sometimes whenever I'm frustrated. I just say, you know what? You have no power over me because I'm a child of of the king of kings. He's already defeated you. It's not like you got to wonder. He has already defeated the enemy. And then pray prayers from your heart. So that's something that I, it's almost like a, it's like a curse for me almost because sometimes my prayers are really, really not, not okay. So, but, but I feel like God really wants us to pray from the heart. He doesn't care what, what you're saying. He just wants you to know that you are having faith in him, that you trust in him and what he has promised you. He just wants to know that, 
that you are going to him. So pray from your heart, regardless of what your words are. It doesn't have to be some authentic, um, no, I'm sorry. It does have to be authentic. It doesn't have to be like some kind of crazy like language that you don't really even understand, like Shakespeare or something. And then look to your father and not to your struggle. And I know that's, that's sometimes really hard too, because, you know, things that are coming up in our life, that's like right in front of your face. But you got to look through that, almost like with some Superman x-ray vision and just look through that and look to your father because he already saw it coming. He knows what's going to take care of it. He knew that it was coming and he knows what you're dealing with at the moment. So with that in mind, look to him instead of your problem and he will deal with that with you and for you. I'm not saying that everything's just going to go away, but he will give you the strength to fight through it. He will give you opportunities and connections that you need to make things happen. And the Bible says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with us. So just keep that in mind. Tell yourself scriptures in, in the Bible. Like in Romans 8, even here, I was I didn't have enough time to share all, everything. Otherwise, we'd be like here for a couple days because there's so much good stuff in this chapter. But it says that we know that, that all things work together for the good of those who love God. That's right here in Romans 8. You can tell yourself these promises that the Bible has for you, and, and, and it can encourage you, and it can build your faith. And then finally, just to come as you are. Like I mentioned, it's so difficult sometimes to not get wrapped up in that mindset that I have to fix myself before I go to God. Like, what? God God doesn't need you to fix yourself. You think that he needs you to do something before, before he can make it happen? See, God is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He knows what you're dealing with. Like I said, he already knew it was going to happen. So whenever you are dealing with things, whenever you're struggling, whenever you don't know where to go, just come to him as you are. Because that is the first step that we need to take. He should be the first thing that we go to, not the last. So we're going to sing one more song this morning just to kind of cap all this stuff off. And I want to encourage you today just to keep all these things in mind. Go to God whenever you're dealing with stuff. So I want you to really just to think of whatever it is in this moment that you're struggling with. Think of that and just lay it before him today. Whatever it is, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like we're all here as a family, so you don't have to be afraid to share these things with each other. We are all here together seeking God as one church body. So you can come before him and just cry out to him because he loves he loves that heart that you have, that you're bringing to him. Um, so as we sing, I just want to encourage you to sing out to God, whether it's your own words from your heart or whether it's the lyrics that, that these guys will be singing along. Um, so just pursue him this morning, and I promise you that it will build up your faith, that you will have the confidence that you need to overcome. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.